0: The more words you have, the more you have to apply. This passage is powerful, and I've been talking about it. It's a foundational passage. And remember what we said on Sunday. We said that it's not just us winning people to Christ, but it's that our fruit would what? Remain. And I said this on Sunday. I said a lot of us, we have spiritual children on the outside that we won't bring home. I wish I had somebody. So people that we lead to Christ, but we never bring them into the house of God. Amen. So why won't we bring them home? Right? Because once you have taken the responsibility of bringing someone to Christ, they become your spiritual what? Child. That's your seed. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap praise for that. That's why he says, Jesus says, go, make disciples, right? But then he says, teaching them all things, right? He says, lo, I'm with you, behold, till the ends of the age, right? But, but the text says that when you bear this fruit, the fruit would remain so that whatever the promise is, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, remember I said, you got to check your motives, your motives and prize is very important. So don't just go out here saying, I'm going to win a whole bunch of souls so I can get my prayer answered. <laughs> okay, that's not it. But what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to multiply. I showed you last week that if you take one apple, you can get 10 seeds out of one apple. We, we cut our apples in half, but there are 10 seeds in an apple. And I told you, if we were to take all those seeds Right, So far, we already got two people, come on somebody, amen, who have brought people to Christ. You know what I mean? So what we're doing, we're saying we had 56 seeds, and out of those 56 seeds, amen, if we were to bring these people into the house of God, and, and not just bring them to church, but that they would what? Remain. Can I ask you a question? Why are people not staying in church today? Why, why is the seed not remaining anymore? Anybody? And do you think it's your responsibility? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Do you think it's your responsibility to help them to stay committed? Huh? All right. So why are people not staying today? Why do you think people are not staying today? They're not being taught the word. Hmm, Man, that's powerful. Once they get on their feet, they're good. Right? Once they get on their feet and they, everything starts getting better for them in life, what do they do? It proves their what? Their motives. Listen, when, when, when they were down and out, it didn't matter what was going on. They moved it out of the way so that they can make it to the house of God. But from the moment they got catch a break, come on somebody. The moment things start getting better in their lives, what happened? They 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 start putting it what? second place. God has to be what? priority. God has to have first place in everything. Watch this. In order for you to live or continue to live a Fruitful life. He says that we as believers should be bearing fruit. Anybody else? Why do you think people don't remain? They're they not, they not spiritually mature. All right. They're not spiritually mature. All right. That's powerful. Their conversion may not have been what? A true conversion. You know how many people come to church because they're going through? And then as soon as the flood subsides, subsides, well, guess what happens? They're gone, right? Because, because it, it reveals their motives, right? So what I told you on Sunday, if you look at your handout tonight, I told you that one of the things that, Jesus did, if you go to Mark chapter 1, verse 17, one thing Jesus did, he selected not just any kind of men, but he chose (laughs) fishermen. Amen. Which I thought was pretty intriguing to me, right? You know, whatever you do in life, you got to remember that possibly, not possibly, but that's, if, if that's if you've been doing it for over 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that's what God has called you to do as an occupation. And, and when Jesus met these men, Jesus said to them, what? Follow me and I will what? Make you become What? Back up to verse, let's, let's, let's back up for a minute. Let's go to verse, uh, verse 16. It says, and as, as he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea. For they were what? Fishermen. Now, I found that to be pretty awesome because let me say this to you. Sometimes when we call in sick, maybe the very day that Jesus shows up. <laughs> all right? And, and, and the beauty of this thing is this that here they are, they were out there fishing all night long. They had caught nothing, they were unsuccessful in their fishing trip. But Jesus shows up while they were what? Yeah, see, they were, See, Jesus showed up while they were casting their net in the sea for they were fishermen. Go to verse 17 now. And look what he says. He says what? He says what? Notice the first prerequisite of being a disciple. You have to follow Jesus. See, you can't be a good preacher if you're not a good follower. You can't be a good teacher if you're not a good follower. These men were skilled in what they were doing, but what Jesus was telling them is this. Listen, I'm going to have you to do something greater. And what's that greater thing that you're going to do? He says right here, he says, follow me, and I will what? I will make you fishers of who? Men. In other words, he was, cha- was going to use everything about them. I'm trying to paint, paint a picture here. God, whether, whether you are a, uh, a teacher, a police officer, a fireman, whatever you are, an administrator, God can use you in that vineyard to fish for people using just whatever gifts, whatever talents he has given you. Are you with me? Evangelism today is different than it used to be. And what God is telling us is that we have to use, saints, the platform come on somebody as watch this, as the as the arena that God wants you to use whether wh- whatever you do so that you can bring people to him and that in doing that you are developing what's called a biblical worldview when you see that man is fallen and he has a need come on somebody why, why do I care? Why should I even care about fishing? Let me answer that question. Why should I even care? See, and I believe, and as I said on Sunday, as a fisherman, you have to know how to fish. Right? You got to know where to fish. You got to know what type of bait to use. You got to even know what kind of rod to use. Because not everything works for what? Everybody. Are you with me? And oftentimes what happens to us and I said this on Sunday what is the one characteristics, characteristic that you need as a fisherman? Patience. Come on somebody. What do you need? Patience. Listen, some of you have husbands, wives, cousins, uncles. Brothers, sisters, come on somebody, co-workers and all kinds of people that you've been inviting the church, you've been telling them to come on, may I say this to you? Don't give up on them. The the, the key is you got to use the right bait. <laughs> Amen. The church must never change its message, but it can change its methods. Do I have anybody? And if we learn that, listen, that that that, that person may not get it right now. Can I ask you something? How long did it take before you got it? (laughs) How long did it take before you said, you know what, man, I'm going to church. Come on, somebody. How long did it take? And guess what? God was patient with you. So what we need to do is be patient with what? With others. But listen, never give up. Whenever, today I was in a conversation with some guys talking about football. I mean, listen. That that's a conversation right now that's pretty hot, right? And 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 here's the thing, they kept going on and on and on and on, and finally, I just turned the conversation into a spiritual conversation, and then we just went on and on and on about the Lord. Yeah, I don't think you hear what I'm saying. See, see, I know how to fish, and what you have to do is if if I got to use football. To open the conversation, I'll use football to open the conversation. If I have to use basketball to open the conversation, i use basketball to open the conversation. Why did Jesus use fishermen's? I believe because of the skill set that they had. Are you with me? And, and one of the key things, as I said, is what? Patience. Look at this here. Look at your handout. It says, his first command to these men was to multiply what? Spiritually. Is that right? Now look at the look at the verse. Look at the verse 19. Somebody read verse 19 for me. Watch verse 19. And then and then it says, going on a little further. He saw what? James, the son of Zebedee. John his brother. <laughs> they were also in the boat, what? Mending the nets. Immediately, what did they do? He called them. And this is the part that I love. Immediately they what? Immediately he called them and they what? Right there. Go back to verse 18. What does it say in verse 18? What, when was it? When? Why do we hesitate? Listen. If God has saved us, and if God has delivered us, and if God has set us free, are you with me? And if he has brought us this far by faith, and there's somebody that you know in your life, come on somebody, that can benefit from what you have experienced, then ask you something, why would we not share it with them? Listen, here's what you share with people. You don't share, uh, you don't say to them, well, it, when you come to Jesus, everything is going to be all right. That's the total opposite. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. Okay, matter of fact, when you come to Jesus, you got a little bit more struggles because now you are, you're off, off of the enemy's territory and now you become an enemy of the enemy. And the enemy will try to cause doubt. He, first thing he does is cause you to doubt your salvation. Second thing he tries to get you to do is to, he tries to get you to a place where you don't believe that this is real. Doubt sets in. Despair. Suffering. But what we got to do is we have to be a living witness in front of people and give them hope through our living. Because may I say this to you today, tonight? Your living is not in vain. These men had a purpose in life. They didn't know as fishermen they would become fishers of men. Come on, somebody. You may be saying, well, Pastor, I, 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 didn't, I didn't sign up. You know, a lot of people say, well, I didn't sign up for this, or I didn't sign up to be no soul winner. I lady told me a long time ago in church, when we first started, she said, I I, I didn't, God didn't call me to do that, (laughs) you know, and she was wrong because he says to all disciples, what, go. But I found out is that the way we live on the outside, amen, it may be the very thing that what, that's preventing people from what, from coming to Jesus. So if we're going to multiply, we have to have an urgency to do it. And that urgency is that whatever Jesus is calling us to do, we must do it what? Immediately. Can I say something to somebody here tonight? Stop hesitating. You know what you're supposed to do. Listen, you've been trying to figure it out, but God says, I've already told you what to do. And here's the thing. The longer you linger and waver, I call it vacillating, between two opinions. Well, I'm in, but I'm not. I'm in, but I'm not. Listen, you will constantly live a life, (laughs) amen, like the sea. The Bible says that type of person is really a person living in doubt. And if you're going to do something for Jesus, you got to do it immediately there's something about immediately in that moment when you sense the unctioning of God come on I'm talking to somebody and God is tugging at your heart and he's telling you go he's telling you to do something for me and I will show you hallelujah to his holy name I will show you how powerful I am the Bible says immediately they left their what their nets, and did what? Followed him. Listen, I don't know about you, but the greatest thing you'll ever do is follow Jesus. Can I ask you something? Have you given up anything? Have you given up? Any- now remember, they're giving up their security. They're giving up their safety. They're giving up, what else? They're giving up their, the familiarity of their friends and family. Listen, they are going all in. And the question is, what will it take for you and I to be all in? Amen. The text says, I believe that the call itself should be good enough. Amen. I'm say it one more time. The call should be good enough. But oftentimes we want something greater than the call. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Look at look at verse 20. It says, immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat <laughs> with the hired servant and went away to what? To follow him. Can I ask you something? What was so intriguing about Jesus? Come on, somebody. How does, how did, how does Jesus, how does, Je- you know what the, that word, that word for that word for follow, it means not looking back. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. The word for follow in the Greek, means not looking back, to withdraw. And oftentimes, God is calling us to follow him. And he wants us to follow him with intensity, but what what happens to us? We we hesitate, right? What else happens? Stuff starts coming up. We start meeting trials and all these other things, but may I say this to you? You got to hold on to James chapter 1. He says it's a test. Are you with me? Let's look at our handout here. The first command that God gave to these men were what? To multiply spiritually. He says, I'll make you, if they followed him, He would make them what? Fishers of men. They would what? Reproduced as they fished what? Spiritually for other what? Men and women. The last message of Jesus uh, to his followers was a call to spiritual what? Reproduction. So the thing that Jesus has called us to is spiritual reproduction. Can I say this to you, saints? The average believer only thinks about themselves. The average believer is not, listen, I told you this Sunday. You and I, we say we have a good church, right? How many say we got a good church? How many say we have a great church? How many would say that, man, I need to tell somebody about this? Some more people need to know about it, right? Right? How do you think they're going to get here, saints? Hmm. Well, it's too far. And the list goes on. But here's the thing. They will come if you have influence in in their lives. If you use your influence, amen, God will allow them to look at your life. Some of you don't look like you used to look. Some of you don't talk the way you used to talk. Can I ask you a question? Is anybody asking you what happened to you? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody here tonight, people are saying, man, you're not the same person you used to be. Anybody? Anybody? I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about folk in your life are saying, man, you're not the same person. That tells you something that tells you that you're getting the word, but now it's time for you and I to share the word. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. And that's a powerful thing because the last message Jesus told his disciples is what? To go and what? Reproduce. So let's look at it. So the first thing I see is the call to action. The call to action. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And verse 19, and it's the same account, but just just a little bit uh, from, from Matthew's perspective. Go to verse 18. It says, now Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers who were called Peter and Andrew and his brother casting what? A net into the sea, for they were fishermen again. And he said to them, what? There it is again, right? (laughs) Matthew's just giving us a different look at it, okay? Mark gives us a different look. Matthew gives us a different look. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. And here we go again. And what? And immediately, the question I have for you is are you willing to leave some things behind in order to be a fisher of men? To multiply. We have a responsibility, but the only way we're going to multiply is if we leave those nets behind. Come on, somebody. And oftentimes what's happening, saints, we're bringing the stuff we used to have. God says, leave it all behind. And when you leave it all behind, guess what? You don't have to worry about how to do it. He says, I will make you fishers of who? Men. Not, not, not fishers of fish, but fishers of who? Men. Go to Acts chapter 1. In verse 8, actually, let's go to um <clears throat> go to verse 5. Look what it says. It says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they were to get, when they came, when they had come together, and they were asking and they asking him, saying, Lord, is It at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel. He said to them, it is not for you to know what? The times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Look at verse 8. But you will what? Now I'm trying to, I'm developing something here tonight to show you that yes, he says he's calling us to be fishers of men. But the problem with discipleship and witnessing and multiplication is this. Sometimes we think we have to be so well versed and so well, so knowledgeable. That's, listen to this. Multiplication is the work of the Holy Spirit evangelism is the work of the Holy Spirit. But there's a sin that we need to be very careful of and it's to call the sin of silence. When we don't say anything to anybody, come on somebody, we we see coworkers and we see people that are struggling but yet we don't open our mouth to say anything because we don't feel qualified. Listen, you don't have to feel qualified. All you have to do is open your mouth and say, listen, let me tell you what God did for me. Anybody here got a testimony? How many here tonight God has brought you out of some serious stuff in your life? How many here can testify tonight that if it had not been for God, Come on, somebody. If, if, if God did not step into your situation, you would have lost your mind by right now. Listen, right now, you wouldn't be holding it together. Watch this. You would unravel. Come on, somebody. But it was God by way of the Holy Spirit that kept you, and that's all you really need to tell somebody. Listen, I don't know. I'm not no Bible scholar. But what I can't say is that ever since I set foot, come on, somebody, at the vision, come on, somebody, when I walk through those doors, my life has not been, oh, I wish I had somebody, boy, I wish I had somebody. My life has not been the same. Has it been easy? No. But what Jesus says if we're going to do this thing, y'all, we says you will receive what? Power. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Listen, if we're going to multiply, you saw what happened on Sunday? I don't think you hear me. You saw what happened in this church on Sunday morning? Listen, the manifestation of God's power was in this place. Matter of fact, tonight, His power is in this place. He says, you will receive what? Power. He says, you will receive power when the what? See, the disciples were thinking about an earthly kingdom. They were thinking in the natural. See, here's the thing. I want to help somebody tonight. You got to get out the natural right now. You you, you know, I know you had a long day at work, but guess what? You got, you got to get out the natural. You got to get in the supernatural. You got to get in the spiritual. You got to get the mind of Christ right now. And understand this, when you speak to somebody, it's not you. It's the spirit of God that places you in the right place at the right time. All you got to do is have a mouth and make it available. He says he, see, he was saying to his disciples, "Listen, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But here's the thing: you got to understand that my kingdom is going to be built, but it's a spiritual kingdom. Come on, somebody, how many of you know God is building a kingdom?" Here's the thing, he's building his kingdom, and there are yet people to get saved. There are people who are yet to be saved, and the only way they're going to be saved if you make yourself available, come on somebody, to be used by God by the Power and the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. Come on somebody that can give you discernment that can tell you man this person looked like they're hurt let me go talk to them this person looked like they're down let me, let me just put my arms around them let me just share a word that I got listen God tells me that he's going to make me a fisher of men but not only that as a child of God he's put the seed in me so that I must what? Multiply. Are you with me? And look what he says. He says you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come where? Now watch this now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come where? Upon you. You know why most evangelism efforts fail? Hmm. Because they're doing it without the Holy Spirit. You know why a church goes up, blows up, and come right back down? Because they use pizza, Pepsi, and playgrounds. I wish I had somebody. And when that is over, guess what? There's nothing else to hold them. If you use gimmicks to get them, you got to use gimmicks to keep them. But if you tell them and if you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't think you're hearing me. If you, if you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit says, when the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says, you shall what? Be my, be my, what? Be be my what? Be my what? My witnesses. Now, let me tell you what that word Witness means, the word is mateos in the Greek, but it comes from a word that means martyred. You see, sometimes people will take offense at the messenger. You say, don't shoot the messenger. Amen. Sometimes, see, see, it comes with a price. You may be rejected. Come on, somebody. What Jesus was telling his disciples here is that you will become, you will be a martyred, you will be maligned, you will be persecuted. Watch this, you will be a witness. But guess what? The devil will hate you for bringing the message. And then when he hits us with trials, when he hits us with negative bank account, amen. When the car breaks down, when, when your help fails you, you would get to the point where we just were silent. Don't you let Satan shut you up. Don't you let Satan close your mouth. You say, in spite of, I'm going to open my mouth under the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to tell the world that it was nobody but Jesus. Jesus said, you shall be what? My witnesses both where? Jerusalem and in what? All of Judea and Samaria and even to what? See, what that helps us with is this, that we're not limited. The gospel is not limited to one area. I don't think you're hearing me. Wherever you go, you can be a witness. You may be lied on, come on somebody, but still be a witness. You may be talked about, but still be a witness. Amen. You may face some trials, but still be a witness and operate, listen, not in your power, but in the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you operate in the... Jesus was saying, listen, y'all don't have to worry about nothing. Because when I baptize you in the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You know what happened on that day? 3,000 people got saved in one day. In one day. The Bible says, and God was adding to the church daily. Just imagine if all of us in this room tonight... Were to take the challenge and say, God, I have the Holy Spirit. How many of you got the Holy Ghost in you? Amen. I hope you do. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And guess what? If you were to allow God to say, Lord, use my mouth. Here's what I pray. I always pray this. Lord, wherever I go, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And do you know God has made good on that promise every time I pray that. But saints, when we're just wrapped up in our own, pro- oh, come on, somebody. When we're just so consumed with our lives, listen, we are in the marketplace. We, are in di- we go to the store, we go different places, and always pray, Lord, allow me to share the gospel with somebody today. May I say something to you? The greatest thing, the most liberating thing you'll ever do in your life, the Bible says, he who is wise wins souls. The greatest thing you can do is to bring a newborn baby into the kingdom of God. And remember what I said on Sunday. Don't be having no outside children. If you bring them to Christ, you can bring them to church. Because the command is get them, teach them, grow them up, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to go out and multiply. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says here. Go to, uh, we, did Matt, we know Matthew, okay? So, so, so first of all, I see the call to action, right? Matthew, go to Matthew 28, just, 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 to, just, to, just to look at it. Matthew 28 and 18. And I love this passage. Go to 16. I want to show you something that's pretty powerful. Verse 16. It says, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, what did they do, y'all? But here's the next part of that verse. Verse. But some were what? Can I ask you something? What is your posture when you come into the presence of Jesus? Listen, you know what this tells me? Not everybody's going to believe your testimony. (laughs) Not everybody's going to believe in Jesus. Those who do not believe in Jesus, you know what that problem is? They're spiritually blind. They're alienated from God. The Bible says that the, and the natural man thinks that this is foolishness. But the spiritual man find joy in this. But here's the thing. The natural thing we do when we come into the presence of God is worship. But some, you know, in the midst of... <laughs> Tonight, you got to ask yourself a question. Can I ask you something tonight? Do you really believe? And if you don't believe, here's your prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. You see, doubters never see the power of God. Here he is. Now, Now, I want to show you something now. Here Jesus is in his resurrected state. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's not, listen, this is after he had died. Walked the earth, if you've been reading five by five, walked the earth for 40 days. And now here he is. He's on the mountain, and he's he's getting ready to ascend. He's getting ready to go up. And guess what? People had seen him on the cross. Some of these same people had seen him breathe his last. Eli, Eli, Lama Sabathaniah. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Bible says he breathed his last. But guess what? It says here he is. Some will worship him, but some were doubtful. Saints, don't look at your circumstance. Look at Jesus. Come on, somebody. Don't look at your trial. Look at Jesus. When you come into the presence of Jesus, worship him because, listen, your deliverance is in your worship. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that before the people went out, before they went out into the battlefield, the one thing that they did is that they did not first go out charging. They start I'm talking to somebody. And I'm talking to somebody tonight. I want to tell you something. You are in a battle for your life right now. And what you got to realize is this. Listen, you're going to leave something behind. And you got to leave some spiritual, uh, spiritual children behind. But what God is saying to you tonight, you can't doubt who I am. Because I am who I says I am. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And nothing is impossible for me. But even in my resurrected state, there were some who were doubtful. How could you see a man hang on a cross and then miraculously see him again? Oh, I wish I had somebody. After they put him in a tomb and then stand before him and say, I don't believe. You know what kind of heart that is? There are people like that today. They want more, but they can't even believe what they see right now in front of them. Am I saying this to you? Those that were doubtful will one day stand before him and have to give an account for why they doubted. Listen, remember the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man, Abraham said, even if I send someone back from the dead, come on somebody, come on somebody, they would not believe. See, winning souls can be a very difficult thing When you're dealing with people who are hardened in heart and people who are stubborn and people who are, listen, people who are given over to unbelief and doubt. But saints, doesn't matter how hard it gets. You got to believe Jesus. You got to believe that he is who he says he is. And here's the thing. Here's what's so amazing. Watch this. Have, have you, any of you ever had a sales job? You, you had a sales job? I think you told me you became a supervisor, right? No, not selling furniture. I furniture. Okay. You were selling furniture, right? Okay. So watch this. As a salesperson, right, you got to know your product. Am I right about it? So if I was selling you this pointer right here, I'd have to know every integral detail about this, the high points, not just the points, okay? But I'd have to sell you on what? The features. Hmm. What are we selling? Hmm. Can I ask a question? What do you know about him? What are the features? What are the high points? Come on, somebody. Can somebody tell me? He's powerful. He's God and man. He's Alpha and Omega. He forgives our sins. He loves us. He got all authority. He keeps his promises. He'll take care of us. He's omniscient. He gives you everlasting life. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's almighty. He's all powerful. He's a way maker. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. He put food on my table. He put clothes on my back. Come on, somebody. He's my King. He's your Lord. He's everything. He's everything. He's Alpha and Omega. He has no beginning and he has no end. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now. That's the greatest thing you can ever sell. He defeated death. He's coming back. That's the hope we have. Here's the thing. We got to know how to sell them. We're telling people about what has happened today in church we're telling people all about these psychological things and how to make it in corporate America but you're going to need Jesus before you get all of that but we have to make him what appealing through our lives and when you sell Jesus you're telling the truth you're not lying about a product you never used Ooh, wish I had somebody when I sold satellites, now I'm a, sales, I, I'm a salesman. I am a Listen, I sold everything. I shoot, you name it I sold it. When I used to sell satellites, just get them for, "Yeah, man, I got 500 channels." It works. It works. But well, what about what about uh, 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 local channels? Oh, you get that too, man. Don't worry about that. And then when they go install, they find out that that area don't don't have like, man, I, man, I don't know. Yes, I was selling and I was really good, but I was selling an item that I knew nothing about that I never used. I wish I had somebody. All I know, I was getting $200 a sale. Shoo. Man, I was on that phone selling them. You know, but, but, but this Jesus that I know. Well, I wish I had somebody. I've seen God do some things in my life. That, listen, and people say, well, it just happened to you. No, it's not just for me. You can get a piece of this too. This buzz for you too. Amen. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Some were doubtful, verse 18. What's verse 18 say? Okay. And Jesus what? Uh Uh-huh. Isn't that powerful? All authority. Man, Jesus had it bad, didn't he? Can you imagine him after being spit on, insulted? They let Barabbas go. You know what they call him? You know what his name really means? Notorious. <laughs> He was notorious. They let a criminal go. (laughs) And they put an innocent man on the cross. And can you imagine what Jesus is feeling right now? That yes, some worshiped him, but some doubted. Don't give people a reason to doubt Jesus because of your life. Oh, I just said something. Did I just say something? Don't give people a reason to doubt Jesus because of how you're living. Live it. Live it. He, doesn't ha- he has hands, you know, but they're your hands. He has feet, and, but it's your feet. He has eyes, but they're your eyes. See, Jesus wants to live through you. I believe we're on the, we're on the verge of seeing something happen here that we will chronicle and we will talk about in the years to come. I believe you're ready. I believe God wants to use your life. I believe not only that God wants to use your life, but I believe that God wants to do something miraculous through you. That's what he says. He came up to them and he spoke to them saying, What all authority has been given to me where? He has all authority. You know, when you read the book of Job, it says God directs the path. He speaks and he directs the path of the lightning. You got to read the book of Job sometime. It says that he goes into the storehouse where the rain is. And he tells the rain, Rain, I want you to go in that direction. I want you to go in this direction. I want you to go in that direction. Who could do something like that? Man can't even predict right the weather. <laughs> I don't think you're hearing me. Amen. But God says, I tell it where to go. Because I have what? All authority. When Jesus died on that cross, he was given all authority. Because the type of death that he died, he deserved all authority. The text says, all authority has been given to me. And so when you go out here in this world and you're sharing the good news, don't you be afraid. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And you have the authority from God. Jesus is with you. Come on, somebody. Listen, I ride in that bike in that, this morning. Seven o'clock this morning. In a pool of water, who's sitting out there this morning? The Jehovah Witness. I say to myself, what are these people? It's 6.30, it's 7 o'clock. What time did they get there? And they're sitting there handing out magazines talking about a false Jesus but we have the truth. We have lives in this church who've been transformed by the same, by this Jesus. But yet, we don't tell nobody. We're silent. We don't tell them. We got to tell them. You have the authority to do it. He's given you that authority. You got to tell, sometimes you got to look Satan in the eye and tell him, you better sit down. You got to look those demons in the eyes and tell him you have no power here. You got to tell those thoughts that you have, I take you captive now in the name of Jesus. Because anytime you become a witness for God, you become a weapon in his hands. Come on, somebody. Because what Jesus wants is he wants some witnesses. But remember, it comes with a price. Hallelujah. A witness is really a martyr, and yes, you may be persecuted, but you will be rewarded one day. The text says, "I've given you." This is what I love. That he says, "I've given you." I have all authority, verse nineteen. But go therefore. Now notice the therefore. What is the dad there, therefore? <laughs> well because of what he said before. What did he say? What was the key thing he says in verse 18? (laughs) And so therefore, stop being afraid. Therefore, listen, stop letting that boss intimidate you. Listen, if you got to start a prayer group at your job to get those demons out of there, you start a prayer group. I th- I, I, I'm serious I'm trying. my wife is a living witness of that when they took her Bible study night and she went in there and they listen she started a women's prayer group and started teaching and started developing some people on that job then they got mad and took give her back a Tuesday see God has given us authority we got to use it are you with me? Look what he says before I close. He says, Go therefore and do what? Make disciples. Make disciples. Disciples don't just happen. You got to go make them. You see, here's the thing. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of what? Of all nations. See, the, you see, and here's the here's the thing. And, The body of Christ is such a segregated... We are so segregated on Sunday mornings. You have the white church, Chinese church, Hispanic church, black church. Indian church. He says that word nations means all people. So don't just go target people that you know. Target people you don't know. And because he's given you all authority... Listen. I promise you, if you use this authority this week, be bold. Say, I'm going to talk to this person. Hey, what church you go to? Listen, we're having Sunday. We're having a great service Sunday. Why don't you come and visit us? Would you come and visit us this Sunday? Would you come and see what God has for you? You have a mouthpiece. Use it. He says, authority has been given to me, what? Given to you. He says, go therefore what? And make disciples of all nations? What? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. And, and this is the part where he says, your fruit should remain. Teaching them to what? Observe what? What things? All things. So after we lead someone to Christ, we have to teach them how to be a disciple. Is that powerful? A lot of people go to church, but they don't even know why they're going. They just go because it's the right thing to do. Tonight as I close, I want to encourage you this way. We see the call to action. Tonight I want to encourage you To take the challenge. Answer the call. Answer the call to be a witness for Jesus. Answer the call. Hallelujah. To tell somebody that the only way that you're going to make it through this is if you give your life totally